are in his gates with praise and thanksgiving. He now opens up our spirit so we can receive the truth of the word that's going to go forth tonight. So we, if you notice in this ministry, we never do anything without praise and worship first because we've got to invite in the Holy Spirit. Why do we invite in the Holy Spirit? Because we've got to stir this water. We've got to stir the Spirit. So when you stir the Spirit and then you settle to hear the word, whatever word you're supposed to capture out of the third heaven, you're going to capture it. It's going to be the word you walk out with. And you get to, and that will manifest in your soul. And then when your spirit and soul align, man, you are going to experience something from God. You are going to experience the change that God has called us all to. If everybody knows, we don't come to church to be made right. The Lord really gave me this last week. We come to church to be changed. So when people walk in this church, we're, we're, we want them to get comfortable with change. Now, I, I whisper that because a soft answer turns away wrath, right? So sometimes we have to talk really soft about that because not many people don't know that they are going to church to be changed. A lot of people feel they're coming to church to be good. Do you know what I mean? To do something good. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is fact. That is the normal thing that everybody is raised to believe. But this is a ministry, an apostolic ministry. And in, in an apostolic ministry, Paul said, how do you know that you are my work? Because you are being changed. You are being changed. And so this is what we love about this ministry is because of his change. Can you just take that down just a little bit more? And then also, do you have, um, do you guys have back there, do you have um, um, McKinney's? Do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? You got it. Okay. I'm sorry. There's just some music, you know. We, hey, does everybody know what happens around the throne of God up in the third heaven? What's always going? Worship. worship. People are singing from their spirit. It is constant worship. So we are blessed to be in an apostolic ministry where we have the sensitive ear from Gene. He really does receive the music that stirs our spirit to want to connect with our home, our house. You know, I really wanted to read this a little bit because this ministry, an apostolic ministry, the purpose is to build a family. You know, I used to get real frustrated. I used to say, well, why would God create all of us? Why would God create the earth? And why would it be so hard? You know what I mean? Why, why does he do this? And, you know, I, I had gone to Gene and I had asked him that. And he was like, Lee, think about it. He just wants a family. But if he, cre if he created us, we're part of the family. But what he wants is a family that will choose him. He wants a family that will choose him. So every single beautiful person sitting in this place, God already came from heaven. Your spirit, not your body, not your soul. Your spirit was already dropped into you when you were in your mother's womb. So your spirit already came from heaven. That spirit's job, the Holy Spirit, once regenerated in the core of you, its job is to get you to cry out to your father, up to the throne of God, to, th to cry out and become reconciled back to him as a family member. The Lord really had this on my heart this morning. Do you all know that you are, you are all part of the covenant of David? The covenant of David. Hey, we hear something else. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought that was them. I thought that was them in training. 
Um, the Lord. <laughs> Angelica, that's good. I thought that was them in training. Well, God really reminded me that we are all part of the covenant of David. Do you know that when David came, he became a worshiper? He knew how to open up the gates. So he and he knew he was reconciled back to God. And he lived a relationship with God throughout his whole life. But David's heart was so big for God, he wanted to create a what? A building. Because he says, here I'm sitting in a castle, you know what I mean? But yet out in a tent is your is your Ark of the Covenant. And here I am worshiping you, and I'm experiencing you. Now I'll go run out to the tent just so I can sit in your presence. This ministry develops our soul so we can actually sit in the presence of God. And it says David would sit and he would wait. That's what we do here. If you haven't been to a glory night, on glory nights you come in, we bring in the presence, you sit and you wait. And we wait in the presence. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, things go forth. Healings happen because you sat and you waited. A lot of people don't get that because the church is so busy. Hey, the church is a good word, right? Because we are called the church. A building is not called a church. A church is supposed to be the body of Christ. When we come together, when I meet a new member, it's not new. You're already part of the family. And when it says that we are to approach, it says it four times in the Bible. We are to approach everybody with a what? A holy kiss. If you are a part of the members of body, man, you do not mind giving up and give somebody a kiss. Because you know you're part of that body. But when we're developing on earth, we have to get the soul renewed so we can hear him. And so it's so important that we recognize that we are part of the David covenant, which is to build a house. Now, I want to read you a definition of a house. A house, it can be considered a household, a physical building. But another definition in the Hebrew of house is family. Man, I didn't know that. I, when he gave me that this week, I was like, family, clan. Another definition is temple. That was already a definition of house, was family. I like it. It occurs 2,000 times in the Old Testament. And it refers to a dwelling place or a family as if also the word for the temple, the house of God at Jerusalem. So when they tell us to go up to a house, go up to Jerusalem, that means we're going up to the house of the Lord. We have, we have in the, there have many years, we have changed that going up to the house of the Lord means to enter into a building. And it, church was never meant to be a building. Church was never meant to be a building. Church is meant to be a fellowship of the body. So do we come to a building? Yes. I love how God does it. He started with David first. And he said in his covenant, he said, since the time that I commanded judges to be over. Ah. Since at time, if you guys know the Bible, you know the book of Judges? Well, when the Israelites came out of Egypt... And then before they ever, when Moses was ushering them out, when Joshua died, they, there was no what? Leader. So God established judges. Ah, oh, this is deep. Judges to help the people make good choices. Judges to help discern the truth. 
But it says in the word, since the time, and this is 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 11. Since the time that I commanded the judges to be over, okay, my people of Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. See, when we're growing in the body of Christ, do you know Jesus has come to be our what? Judge. He sits on the right hand of the Father, and he doesn't come to judge us, but he comes to judge our soul. He's not judging my physical body. He's judging what is developing in my soul. The soul is the New Testament garden that he has established where we are to build our home with him. There isn't a ministry that you can go to that you can really feel a part of a family until this gets washed with the word of God. The word is the judge. Okay? So he established it that when he pulls you out of bondage and it's time to move in your life and he really wants to get you where you need to be, he's going to send you to a place where you can get the word so the soul can be judged. You're not on judgment. Praise God. Look how many times David did mess up. But God said, I would never, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I chose you. Everybody who's sitting here, God has chosen you from your mother's womb to be drawn to a fellowship where you can allow Jesus to judge your soul. Not Lee, not Mike, not Carrie, not Jean, but there's an apostolic house here of worship coming from the throne, th- throne room of God so the judgment can happen in his truth and love. It's like you fall on a pillow, even though you're going to be, even though you're going to mess up. We have to allow the time of the judges. Nobody, you, nobody can, nobody can miss it. The sad part is, is when we go into a building and we join as a member of the building, we're not being judged. We're allowing ourselves to judge others. Do we belong? Do I fit in? Is there a good children's program? Is this where I should be? But we missed the meaning of the judges. There isn't anybody whose soul is not to be judged by the Son of Jesus Christ. So he can sanctify it, set it apart, and put it right back in order so you can actually go out and hear God and do what you were called to do. Instead of getting stuck in a group. Instead, you, instead of we're supposed to be a part of a family. I mean, it's so powerful. When I was reading this verse, it hit me so strong today. This verse came to me this morning in worship. Because it's really deep when he says, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. Now, this is amazing. He did not command the judges to be over his son Jacob. He commanded his judges to be over my people, Israel. Israel is a matured Christian who knows they have an inheritance to receive. Jacob was fighting for his inheritance when he finally wrestled with God enough in his worship. Was he able to go up and down the ladder and that he was being judged his soul so he could go and ask for forgiveness from his brother. 
but he had to change his name. Everybody who comes in this ministry comes in like a Jacob, but you're going to go out as a Israel. That means a matured Christian with a renewed mind, ready to build a house for God. We're not just responsible for building a house here. Everybody has to go home and build a house. So it says, and have caused you to what? Rest from all your enemies. Man, when we become and we understand that we have to go through this, he says, I'm going to give you rest from all your enemies. Now, how many people before we came here really fell at rest with our enemies? We didn't because we're not each other's enemies here. When you come in here, you feel like you might think somebody's your enemy, but that's only the deception being judged. That's why we tell everybody. Carrie did a great lesson a long time ago where he had a mirror and he asked everybody to look in the mirror. That's strong because whatever you're saying, you must just bounce it back on a mirror and bring it right back to yourself because we're, ha we're here to help everybody prosper. We're here to help everybody prosper. So it says also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. Man, even in the Old Testament, he never told you a house was a building. He was going to make you a house, a temple, worshiping God so my soul can be judged. And that means all things in my life will prosper. That means I will have no infirmity in my body yes, yes. because the word tells us that he loves his beloved so much that if our soul will prosper, our house, that is the New Testament house. If that soul will prosper, he said, or if that soul will be washed with the word that we will prosper in all things and we will be with good health. So this is amazing. We walk outside these doors and when we see so many people so messed up, that just means they don't know that their soul has to be judged because the Lord tells you he will make you a house. That means you don't have to do it. That means you don't have to go pick up the little kit that tells you everything that you should do to build a little Lego house. Or whatever the little lumber or whatever stuff like that is. You know, what are kids' toys, right? He actually says, I'm going to make your soul a house for me. See, he wants to dwell. His, the Spirit, he's already dwelling. Everybody in here who's saved, you are full of the Spirit. And guess what? It is pure. Nobody can ever take it away. But you can give it permission to work. You actually have to get into him and read that word to get the stirring going. And if you get the stirring going, that's all you have to do. You're saying, I agree that I need to be changed. I agree. I want this house built. It says, when your days are fulfilled and, your rest and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Okay, get this. That means if you will establish your house, your soul for God, do you know he is out going to create a kingdom around you? That means you're bringing the kingdom of heaven from the third, you're bringing the kingdom of heaven 
down to the earth. Man, he gave it in that Lord's, that simple Lord's prayer, we'll bring heaven where? Down on earth. But he didn't ask us to rely on man. He didn't ask us to rely on man. He didn't ask us to rely on a church building. He didn't ask us to, to rely on leaders. I say this all the time. Leaders push things forward. They are not in charge of you. If you walk into a place and they start being in charge of you, you just know you have a choice. You have a choice. Do you know what I mean? There is, hey, and God will, God will still reconcile everything after the soul gets reconciled. So you could have a bad situation from the past. And I'm going to tell you, there isn't one situation that has happened in your life that if you're willing to let him build this house and develop a kingdom around you, everything gets reconciled. I'm telling you, it is not just, it's not just for you to wait to go to heaven. You are not here to wait to die to feel the fullness of Christ. Man, there is such an anointing when you understand that he created, the word was pulled together so we could be experiencing heaven on earth today. One eternal word at a time. And he even promises when your days are fulfilled. That means when you're done here, when it is your time to really go to heaven, he says, and you will rest with your fathers. It says, I will set up your seed after you who will come from the body. That means my, from my physical body, my daughter Rachel is called. And what's in me has to go to her. She stepped into inheritance. She didn't have to figure this out. You ever meet people and you just get jealous of how their kids are sometimes? Like they got it easy? Well, let me tell you. There is a time when you step into the inheritance of the house that each and every individual person builds with God. It's not about how you serve your community. It's not about how you serve your job because you're already going to serve it good if you have Christ in your heart. But how, who will build me a house? He's not talking with sticks and wood. Man, the Savannah needs to build a spiritual house but it's going to be coming from individual temples that have built their house. And, and the promise is he's going to give it to your descendants. The promise is he's going to give it to that next de descendants. And he's going to keep passing it on until it spreads Savannah. See, Savannah is a war in the spirit. It's being tossed to and fro by every doctrine. And he says, don't worry about a covering. Stay in my presence. We talked last week that when Adam and Eve got out of God's presence, they did what? They put leaves, and it says the exact word. I love this. This is for you who weren't here last week. It says the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. Ouch. You cannot go to a church and call that your covering. You can call that your partner. You can call that your team player. You can call that the body of Christ. But he already showed us in his word that he actually used that word, covering. Because who, who is our covering? Because the Lord reminded me in his covenant 
He said, since the time I commanded judges to be over my people, Israel, that means the Israel is the one who already knows he has the what? Inheritance. When you step in and recognize that he has promises for you that are no different than anybody else in this building. Man, think of the power of building your house. Okay? And you can't do it all here. Here's a stimulation. But you got to take it home. And you know what? You're going to go home and it's a war zone. Because it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like here. Good. Start building it. Start building the home. You need music? Hey, we got the resource. You need a Bible? We got a resource. You want love? Come on and get a hug. All right? But then go out that door and build a house. And the house can only come from the temple. There is no physical temple. This is the temple. So when you go into your house tonight, everybody's going to leave here. And I don't want I don't care who owns the house. I don't care if you're renting. I don't care if you're an owner. But you're going to step in that house and you're going to say, I claim this property under the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, you watch things start to scatter. And if you have a bad dream, good. Wake up and cry out Jesus' name. You're establishing his name in the house to judge the house. Because why? When they came out of bondage, which everybody in here, if you think you're in bondage, you are not. You just step now into your house and you claim the blood of Jesus Christ. And you command, you, you command that in the spirit. I am part of his people. I am Israel. I have an inheritance. Man, we sit and we don't even claim our inheritance. <laughs> it makes me so fun. I mean, I laugh because I didn't claim my inheritance for years. But the most powerful thing to me when I really read the, the covenant of David is he said, I'm going to protect your seed. I'm going to protect your seed. Now, I'm going to tell you, a seed, a seed is not you taking money and planting it to the ground because it's not going to grow. Okay? A, money is giving to a need. I've already taught on this. But when you plant a seed, the voice of the word of God, no matter what, all death has to scatter and life has to fill. And you've got to keep going at it. You got to keep going at it. You got to open and spread your territory. Your house is one little house. You get that down. Now start praying for your neighbor's house. You get that down, now you start praying for your city's houses. Then you just keep going and pray for the nations. And you start, you just keep growing. Because he already says, I promise I will establish the kingdom. Now, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Forever. How many of us worry about our kids? Right. Cast it off. I met with a lady after soul, after sonship and she's like, oh, I just, you know, I have a hard time with my kids. And I was like, all right, you know, how old are they? 37. Hey, time to let them go. Right? Time to let them go. Why are you thinking about them? You know what I mean? And she, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I still got to tell them the word. No, you don't. <laughs> get this. You just have to. No, I'm serious. Get this. You just have to let it grow in you. Man, I don't even got to, I don't got to say anything to Rachel, but I can make her life miserable. 
the more I grow. And if she's not growing, guess what? It's still growing in her. Oh, Chris said to me once, Chris said to me once, he opened up prayer. Rachel, my daughter comes up for prayer. He was like, Lee, I just feel like she has a lot of stuff in her, like glory. There's like, I don't think I'm good enough to pray for her. And the Lord said, what did the Lord say to you, Chris? Remember when she prayed for you and you thought you couldn't pray for her because of what was in her? And he said, keep talking. Remember that? Or keep praying for her. Do you know what I mean? Because, because she hadn't been opened up yet. Do you get what I'm saying? Think about, we worry about our kids when if you're in him, that seed is already growing. Do you get what I'm saying? Somebody else will crack it open. Why are we worried about cracking open our own kids? You know what I mean? Hey, we do. We do. And you know what? And we're like, oh, I'm covering them. I'm covering them. Come on. We are, I'm covering them. I'm covering them. The moment you say, I am covering them, you just stepped out of the presence of God. Because you're, you're trying to sew the little fig leaves on. And guess what happens when you sew a fig leaf on? You can rip it right off. That means when she goes out, because why? I've tried to make her be my kingdom. Then she goes out the door and guess what happens? Somebody pulls off all those leaves and she is now weak. Because she got robed with covering leaves because she st- because I tried to make her me when I can't make her me. Only God can make her who she is. But guess what? There is a powerful seed. Man, I'm telling you, you guys know Rachel. When you see her sometimes, you're like, whoa, that's because that seed's in there already. She didn't know what to do with it because it's not her time to be cracked open like an egg. It's not that time yet. Things have to brew. Praise God. If all of you have kids, let them go. Let them go. I am telling you, do you want them to produce good fruit? Let them go. That means love them. That means, that means just be a good mom, be a good dad, but a good mom and dad, if they're over 18, let them go. He can do work a lot faster than what we can do. He can do work a lot faster than what we can do. I am telling you that because when I got, a, when I realized this, he going to build a house in her, but he needs her to do what? Want the house. Man, d- come on. How, we're guilty. Right here. Come on. I'm guilty. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking Rachel's just going to step right into this stuff, right? But I say that in love because she, she's been in the presence. So God's going to now do what he called for her to do. He's going to ha- let her have her experience of building a house. And I say that because we love so much. And God has given us the ability to lead, which means to push forward. But instead, we try to always be a good what? covering. Do you know what I mean? But when they're old enough to have their own, we have to let them go. We really do. And you know, think about it. If think you could be 40 years old and you still have a mother holding on to you. I want you to think about that. Sometimes there are some of us that are older and we still have somebody holding on to us. Now I want you to think about that. 
You could be, you could be, right. And sometimes you can feel the war. You can actually feel a spiritual war because a parent is still holding on to you. If any of you have anything that has to do with a family member and you feel a war, just say, just ask the Lord. I, I know I am your child. Just release me. I am released unto you. Do you know what I mean? And so he'll work on that parent. But sometimes we keep holding on to that parent. And sometimes we just have to let it go and let God do what he wants to do for them. Sometimes we can, as, as adults, we can feast that love feast and keep something going and say, why am I always in a battle with this? Okay, always decide where are you at? Do you know what I mean? So I just praise God because he wants to let us know that he has established the kingdom. If we are willing to build the, let him make a house. We just have to be willing for the building. And then he'll do it. He said, I will be a father to the seed and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of man and with the blows of the son of man. But my mercy shall not depart from him. I mean, it is so beautiful when you really get a hold of this. He's not doing anything. He came and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be the seed to establish the kingdom. When we accept him to judge the soul, then we've allowed him to establish a house and a kingdom in our lineage. But Jesus was the son that he was talking about. He wasn't talking about Solomon. When he gave David that covenant and that promise, he wasn't talking about Solomon. The seed that came to bring the kingdom was Jesus. Solomon was called to build a physical temple so a place people would have a place. But it was Jesus who was called to build the temple of the soul and to build that house. So it's about bearing fruit. It's about bearing fruit. We have to bear fruit in Christ. And the fruit is our, our descendants. And our descendants just are not body to body. When you come and grow here, we're all descendants of each other. Isn't that awesome? So when I love someone like a mom or I love someone like a dad, I should be loving because why? We're already a family. We're already a family. The word put up Hebrews 13, 15. The word asks us, what type of fruit is God looking for? Now, I can tell you right now, he's looking to make a house, and now that house has to what? Produce fruit. Has to produce. He did not call us not to produce. In fact, I love this. Get this, I love it. It's a cute little saying. Love always runs to help the object of its devotion. Love always runs. Love runs. We don't run. Love. Come on, how many people love has motivated you to do something so stupid? <laughs> you weren't doing it. Love runs to help the object of its devotion. Now get this, that's a two-way street. Jesus loves so much, he ran to die, to be resurrected, for us to live the same cycle. Not to die, 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 and die. Come on, sometimes we get stuck at the bottom of the cross, don't we? But he died for us so that we could be resurrected today. We can live his resurrection now. 
So Jesus loved, he ran to us. We are the object of his affection, his family. Come on, how many people wish they had a big, great, awesome family? Because why? They're looking for you to walk in the door at Christmas. They're looking walk in the court door to the things. Because why? You're an object of their devotion. Jesus ran to us. He wants us now to return and run to him. How do we run to him? We praise him. It says there, therefore, by him, let us continually. Okay, that doesn't mean, well, I'll do it for 30 days this year. And next year, I'll do it for 60 days. <laughs> and the next year, I'll do it better. Do you know what I mean? Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of what? Praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, I'm going to tell you one of the first things I learned in this ministry was I wanted to feel the stirring like all the time. And I remember the first time I felt it, I was like, Ooh, what just happened? Do you know what I mean? And I learned, oh, there's a, whole, there's a living person that lives here. That's the Holy Spirit. But Jesus was wooing me so he could live here. So now my judgment was on. Well, when you're being judged, you're feeling naked. Why? All the fake leaves are being pulled off. All the coverings that you thought were covering you were not there for you. So then I was like, that verse, it says, therefore by him, let us continually offer up sacrifice. When we think sacrifice, I'll give up this. I'll give up this. I'll give up that. I'll give you money. That's why I said, mm, how many of us can give money and feel better about ourselves? Because we gave money. I have money, so I gave money. But if God didn't really direct your steps on that, you could be, you're only doing it to feed yourself. So then now the enemy is feeding your soul. And you're not allowing Jesus to judge it. When I wanted to feel that feeling all the time, he showed me this. The fruit of my lips. Giving thanks to his name. The seed that sealed the covenant of David in our lives. So when I do that, guess what happens? This would start to go crazy. So I just, I wanted to, it was like, I wanted to explode. I got on my knees and I kept thanking him like I never thanked him in my whole life. I kept thanking him for everything. I just, I wanted to keep pressing in Thanksgiving. And when I kept pressing in Thanksgiving, it's like, this gets bigger. And then I realized if my spirit gets bigger, it gives Jesus an opportunity to judge my soul. Remember, only the spirit can break through the darkness of the soul. But if I wasn't generating my spirit, then my soul was holding it back from its false beliefs. And so when you are willing to say, build me, who is going to build me a house? Chris Battle is. Chris comes to this ministry. And in the middle, it was like, I, I tend to text people in worship. <laughs> and I worship at unusual times. And I text Chris the, out of the blue. I don't even know why. I said, it's just, I got up. I was like, who will build me a house? He didn't text back because he probably wasn't awake. But I put Chris Battle will. You do, right? I was like, I was like, who will build me a house? Chris Battle will. Okay, because the first step is you got to know you're connected to that covenant. You got to know that we're already in the inheritance line. 
we don't really have to be Jacob. We can step right into being Israel because of where we are at. But if we don't allow the house to be built, we never receive any of the inheritance. And the Lord really has had this in my heart that if we could just get people in there to worship at home and just, if you just start with this one step, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name, he said that is the type of fruit God is looking for because no matter what, it will always produce. It will always produce. How many people just cry out? You know what I mean? Like you really just, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? And you just let it go out. You just feel so much better. It doesn't make a difference what's going on in your life because that just makes you feel so much better. Because <laughs> he already said, that is the thing that's going to what? Produce what? Fruit. Man, God wants to use us as a vessel, but he's got to clear out the cobwebs and he's got to clean up his house. So if we praise God in times of adversity, here's the thing. When we commit to God to build the house, okay, when that first fig leaf gets plucked off, why? Because you gave him permission to change the house around, right? But you didn't expect it to how it was going to feel. <sighs> that hurts. That hurts. You get closer to someone called, that hurts. That hurts. But he says, if you'll just do this one step in the adversity, which means everybody will experience adversity. He did not promise Israel a perfect lineage. He did not promise him that. He promised him, he said, if you will fulfill your days and you will continually work to build my house, I'm going to make sure your seed will experience the kingdom of God. He's not trying to take something away from us. He's trying to give something to us. But he says, I got to work on this. Stop looking at your physical things. Because he says, when I get this, all the things you need to do what you're called to do just start getting attached to you. The fig leaves that came off, now the new garments of righteousness are being laid on the person. And so we want to wear a garment. We want to be in unity of the faith to feel the fullness of Christ in the body. I love it. Every time somebody comes in here, they start getting it. And then a week later, oh my, this is, this is not good. This is not good, right? And I go like this. Come on, come and see me, right? I go like this. I'm excited. And there, but I like, that's the most beautiful face to me. The most beautiful face is when the face comes in complete need and suffering. It is total nakedness. And you just love them because we're all beautiful naked. We are. <laughs> we are the most humble, loving, giving people when we are naked. <laughs> Give me some clothes. <laughs> when you realize that Jesus was stripped down, beaten, and it says, I love this, he took on a scourge that he already said, I will be his father to your descendant, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will do what? Chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the son of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, 
who I'm removed from before you. What does that mean? That means we are in the covenant of David that got fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus is the one that took the chastening by the rod of men. Jesus is the one. He was talking about Jesus here. Get, and we, what do we do to people? You know, we, we, people come, you know, and they're like, they've got to know who Jesus is. Not that they're chastening. Oh, our soul is to be judged. How, I'm sorry, she is in the hot seat. Our soul is to be judged. When, when Jesus is sanctifying and judging, it feels like the world is chastening you. It feels like the world is rebuking you. It feels like a specific person is against you. But Jesus already took the chastening of the rod of men. You get what I'm saying? Allow him to do this so you don't put yourself out in the element of darkness to be chastened by the son of men. See, we set ourselves up when God says, I'm going to come and do a chastening, but just yield to it. And guess what? When he does it, he doesn't let everybody see your nakedness. If you are allowing the house to be built, I'm telling you this is how it happens in here. Come on. People who've been through this, you come in here and all of a sudden there's a wall around you. And you could be breaking, you're experiencing your chastening, your rebuke, your whatever. And, but the whole time, he's not letting the world see it. He's not letting the world see it. If you're willing to yield, he'll do it in private amongst people. It says, I will surround you with a cloud of witnesses. And what does that mean? That means he's got a cloud. When you got clouds around you, nobody can what? See you. When you come into a ministry like this and the waters are stirred and the five porches are up, a five-fold ministry, you got pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. Jesus set his governmental in order. If you step into the pool, then automatically people can't see you. They can't see you. He even drops the people you're not supposed to be with, and all of a sudden they don't call you anymore. You know what I mean? He puts you in a place where people can't even see you. But we don't, do we finish the process? Do we finish this process? Do we allow him to keep doing it? How many times do we grab onto the hand of man? How many times do we grab it on? Hey, and that's just a phone call away. Hey, I need this. And sometimes we make the call of what our need is before we've given it to the Lord. Okay? And he says, you are my son. You are my daughter. I have what you need, but we're going to do it because that's how I'm going to make our house together. See, we want to give up when God's already surrounds you with people to help you in the turmoil. So you don't give up because at least, you know, you got somebody who loves you. That's our job is to love one another. But the truth of it is people say love and truth. We got that truth word all worked, worked out wrong. Because truth without love is brutal. So there, hey, who have you met people who want to be brutal on you? <laughs> that means there's no Christ there. That means they have not gone to the house of God and said, how will I deal with that person today? God gives us all the wisdom we need to step out so our house can be an open door 
to draw them into their fa main family, which is with God. See, our job is to expand the borders of Savannah so we can all come in together as one family. God created us all to look different and be different and, and have different elements of our personality so that we can actually step out and God says, I'm going to bring somebody who will meet you right where you're at. So, man, I love difference. I can't step in a place where Mamie and Carl step in. They got to step in there first. I can come in after. There's a place they can't step in first that I can step in first. They can come after. Because God wants everybody to what? The holy kiss. This He has called this ministry to lift the holy kiss out of the pool. The church for all mankind. And this is a place where the nations, we are the light of the nations, a lighthouse. So the holy kiss can be received out of this pool. You get what I'm saying? Some of you are getting this, and I don't know if everybody's getting this, but if we can get a, the count enough of the house, do you know he will, I love it, run. He will run to help the object of his affection. Come on. We want Jesus to run to us. Do you know, Chris texted me something the other day that was really profound. He sent me a text. I've always read the, you know, about the field of the pearls, the field of the pearls. It says a merchant will come and he'll find a pearl and he'll see it so valuable that he'll sell everything he has just to buy the land. Well, I always felt like that, you know, when we run to Christ, that's what, how we feel, don't we? We recognize Jesus is the pearl. And then we immediately want to give everything up. <laughs> I did. I mean, so he could build a house. But then there's the turn when the tables turn. And the tables turn, and then he becomes the merchant that wants to purchase us. And he will run to us. Because now we have made him the object of our affection. Now he wants to run and get his pearl and fulfill the inheritance Man, this is so easy. Meaning, we just have to connect with what is true love. What is true love? That's all we have to connect to is true love. Not relying on man, loving man. Not relying on them. Because once this house is getting built, every time he cuts off something, man, he supplies exactly what that was holding back. And God wants us to remember, put up, go ahead. Um... Oh, I don't want to read that one. Hold on. No, I'm not going to go to that one either. I'm trying not to get into the story of the fig tree right now. Because if I get into that, we're here another hour. <laughs> and what time is it? 6.57? Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to put this on a pause. Yeah, we're going to have to put the rest of this on pause. But did everybody get something that's so important? Sometimes when we reaffirm our love and understanding with God, we have to go back to, to just that one fact. And that's the fact of with our lips, giving thanks to his name. The moment you start doing that, that's worship to him. And that starts, the judgment starts. <laughs> I get so excited because when the judgment starts, it doesn't have to last long. Keep it going. Keep it going. Worship keeps it going. And I'm going to tell you something. When God, I started this realm, and I remember I did that, and oh my gosh, I could walk around and just be, I thank you, I thank you. Pew. 
I thank you, thank you, you know. And I notice when I start, if I start feeling the enemy pulling me away from worship, oh, I don't want to get up this morning. I feel terrible the whole day. I feel terrible the whole day. You know what? The Holy Spirit loves us so much that if we cry up and tell him we need help, everybody in here, I'd like you to test this this week. You do not need an alarm to get up. You have the inner alarm. I do it. I have not used an alarm clock for over eight years. Not use an alarm clock. I said to the Lord, Lord, I need to get up by this time, but I want to make sure I worship you, so wake me up. Okay, now, here's how funny this is. I have a dog, you know, that had passed away this year, but the one thing I learned about her that was so beautiful is when God moved me from one house to another, and it was hard to adjust the worship. I don't know if you've experienced that, Sheila. When you go from one house to another house, I moved into yellow, my Yellow Bluff house, and I really was, it was harder. And it was a brand new house, but it was still hard. Well, this is so beautiful. Every morning at 530, because the heart, Lord knew my heart, I was sleeping in a couple mornings. I mean, I still came up and sang a couple songs, but not like with love, where love bellows up and you're just chasing after him. And I'm telling you, that dog would bark every morning at 530 and just bark, 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 bark. I sat up and I heard, worship me. And I was like, okay. And I start, I put my headphones in. I start worshiping. I take my headphones out after a couple minutes. The dog's asleep, right? You know, the dog's not barking anymore. But the dog would keep barking until I got, I tested it. The dog would keep barking until I started to worship. And I thanked God because the Holy Spirit knew my heart. And I was in a tough transition. And it really made me love that dog. Because I, I mean, I love the dog. <laughs> For any of you who know me, I'm not a pet lover, but I think it's great when people have pets, so don't take my insensitivity as bad. <laughs> but I bought the dog for my daughter. But the beautiful thing is the love when I gave her that dog, love came back to me through that dog. You know what I mean? And woke me up every day. And then when I got on the rotation, I got back into my flow. Guess what? The dog never barked. I've been staying at a place this week, and what gets me up every morning is a beautiful bird that because I'm in a different place. It sets down and it starts chirping. And I'm amazed because when you're in a different place, sometimes when God changes you to a different place, it's hard to go back to the way you loved him the first time. Love matures. Love changes. Love shifts. We got to be able to go with it. But praise God for the Holy Spirit, because if any of you are in a spot where you can't get up and you can't do this every morning, praise him with your lips. Listen, call out his name. You just pray tonight and ask the Holy Spirit, wake me up when you want me to worship. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if he's on your worship schedule, even if he wakes you up at 3.30, you're going to have the most amazing day. You have the most amazing day. And you know how he tests us? He shifts our times of worship. Like right now, my worship's on at 5.30 to 8 o'clock. All right? But sometimes my worship's from a 3 to a 5. Sometimes my worship's from midnight to 3 o'clock. I mean, it is crazy how he does that. And you've got to, like, get yourself in that mode. But all you have to do is say, hey, you're the alarm clock to this house. Ring the bell. Seriously, ring the bell. 
You know what? I also, I'm led. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're led by the way what he uses for you. I'm not asking anybody to hear a bell, let their dog bark or do whatever. You know what I mean? I'm serious. I had somebody who said their cat sat on their face. And that woke them up. Because their cat stepped on them. And said, do you know he's in charge of all that beasts and animals? He can, he can, how many animals have saved a human being? Yes? Okay. Well, the one thing, I used to hear a ring. Every time I knew I was to leave somewhere, it would be like a dinner bell going. When I knew I was in a place I shouldn't be in anymore, I would hear the dinner bell ring. It's always been that way since I was very young. But the Lord showed me that was me, that I was ringing the dinner bell. But there are times I stayed past the dinner bell. <laughs> but praise God, you know what I mean, that he has redeemed me, you know. But I really now get it. I didn't know that was him speaking to me. So I want everybody to start getting an intimate relationship with him so he can build your house of praise so that we can start moving as this body. And we can start lifting up the house because once you lift up the house... Then he sends you everything and every person that you're to minister to. And he sends every source of supply because he says, love always runs to help the object of its devotion. And let me tell you something. When I say that, you have to worship him from a pure heart, not because you're so pure. We're becoming perfected and pure. That's why we love each other in here. I love it. Nobody can come in here and tell me something terrible they did. We've heard it all. Do you know what I mean? And we love them. Come over here. Mm, right? Because they can't lose. Because the only way to first see Jesus we love because he first loved us. We're even willing to build this house. Because somewhere Jesus used somebody to love us unconditionally. And when he uses someone to love you unconditionally, that is the goodness of God that brings your praise up, that makes you seek him. And then he says, okay, now I'm ready to make this house. And so we, I just want to, I want everybody to renew their love. Run to help the object of your defection. Try to renew that love for Christ where you just want to cry out to him. Not because you're in pain. You're crying out to him because you love him hey you all better start praying for my husband because when I get married I'm gonna love him <laughs> right that'll be an object of my affection okay and you know what we have to renew that love how many people in here have been married more than 15 years there we go if you want to talk to anybody that has to know about renewing the love of the object of their affection that is, that, that is, that, there is testimony in that because it's not a perfect story. They have actually learned how to build a house <laughs> in longevity, whether one's on the bandwagon or one is not. Because God says, whoever is saved, God is going to protect the other one. You actually give the other one protection because you're pressing in. And that means he says, I'm, if I, hey, if you're pressing in him and you love him, He's going to change that person. I don't care. I have seen it. He just, one day, the tables turn. And now Jesus says, oh, my gosh, Kim is my, Kim is my pearl. I'm going to set everything right around her right now. She doesn't even know it's going to come hit her. Do you know what I mean? But guess what the sign is that it's coming? 
Everything gets worse before it gets better. That's why the type of fruit, that's why the main lesson today is the type of fruit God is looking for is when that we will praise him in times of adversity. How do we know who's really running after him? That means a lot of hell is breaking out around you. And we're excited about that. Keep praising him. And they look at you like, but I came to Jesus. No, you are getting, your soul is getting what? Judged. It's part of the covenant of David. See, we kind of, we can romanticize covenants, can't we? But when we hear, but when we hear, oh, I got to get judged. Yes, because he said he commanded the judges. He commanded the judges. He didn't command us to go not through the judges, not through them what came David to worship because they screamed for a king, but they got the bad king. Then they got the real king. And then they started building. Then, then they started building buildings. When the house that we build is here, God has never changed his plan. He just redeemed it through his son. He just showed us how to do it. All right. So let's just pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we honor you and we praise your name and we just lift you up with the, our lips, with the fruit of our lips. We will praise you and we will thank you and we will honor you. Lord, thank you for the revelation that you've imparted in each and every one of us. Open our eyes through the spirit. Do not open our eyes in the world. In fact, the word of God says that if we say that we see, our sin still remains. But the Lord says, if you stay blinded towards me, then you have been redeemed. And so, Lord, keep us with a mind of redemption. Lord, stir the Holy Spirit of everybody here tonight and ask for the alarms to wake them up. Because when the whole earth cries, Jesus' second coming is faster. So, Lord, we want to work towards that coming. And we want to, we want to be prepared to receive. So, Lord, I just thank you, I honor you, and we will keep running towards you because you have been the object of our affection. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We, he is a person that dwells in our heart, and we receive him. Lord, we thank you for recognizing that our soul needs to be judged by the sanctification of Jesus. And, Lord, we honor you because you have justified us by the blood. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God. Amen.